Welcome in to the Family Hour, brought to you by American Senior Benefits on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Todd Riley and Jay Stoll. Good morning. Welcome to another hour of the Family Hour here uh, with American Senior Benefits. I am Jay Stoll along with Todd Riley and Tyler Shockey. We are just going to get into it, fellas. Nebraska is on a two-game win streak. I say that again, a two-game win streak. Uh, beat the Rutgers is a very physical game. It was a sold-out game, too, correct? Anybody see that stadium? Yeah. Even uh, uh, Frazier was there. Did you see that? <laughs> Frazier was on the sidelines. He must have gone to Rutgers. Oh, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So so what do you guys think? So first off, Nebraska gives up a touchdown to, to uh, – our local boy, uh, Noah Vedral. And at, at what point did anybody start to think, okay, here we go again? It was definitely the entire first half. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm actually calling this a three-week non-loss streak. Ooh. So I think that sounds better. Uh, with the bye, we'll call that a non-loss. Um, yeah, it, it, it was exciting, though, to see that it has changed. There was a time when I bet nine-tenths of the state said, well, that game's over, and, and you know, they wouldn't turn it off, but uh, that game's over. So it is fun to see that, hey, wait a minute, it's not over just because Nebraska's behind. There actually is still a chance in the in the game. Now, now Tyler, Nebraska's defense has not given up a touchdown in the second half of both games now. Is that impressive with uh, Bill Bush? Uh, obviously, Bush is doing something right. I mean uh... – he got in there. He's changed the culture. The attitude's clearly different. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously a huge Husker fan, and you guys know that. I'd like to temper expectations a little bit and just say that we did pull off a 14-13 win against Rutgers. Um, but I just don't think we would have been super psyched about that two years ago. But uh, we're obviously <laughs> heading in the right direction. I'm super happy about it. I think Mickey's doing an awesome job changing the culture. You can see it. Players expecting to win, it seems like. But uh, I think, yeah, more impressive is I think that's our first uh, – one score game win in the last 11. I Take think we've it. lost 10 in a row, yep. something like that. So, yep. so, yeah, it's about time we get one of those under our belt. And when's the last time Rutgers have won at home? I think it is. I think Big Ten games. I think they haven't won a Big Ten game at home in approaching five years. I think it was 2017. <laughs> so, so I'm glad that that wasn't us. Uh, <laughs> that was great to see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, you know, Todd, with us being older ones here, you know, we uh, – it always starts up front. Starts with the, with the, the boys in the dirt, right? The offensive line, defensive line, defensive line look good. But what the heck is going on at the offensive line? It it's a week by week thing, isn't it? Uh, it it's kind of funny sitting here now, uh, going a little more in depth in it. Um, it just you know, it, there was times when the when our quarterback just seemed like you know, screaming for help. Could I could I get a little assistance here? So it. it there's obviously places to work. It's baby steps to, to get going. But like I said, it just – Tyler brought up a great point because already, of course, on Facebook there's fans, oh, we're back, we're back. Uh, it's, it's not 1995, <laughs> folks. Um, <laughs> there, there's a ways to go. But, again, celebrate the victories regardless of the score, says one of my favorite motivational speakers. And and these there's definitely things to celebrate. Winning solves a lot of problems, doesn't it? <laughs> We always say a sale cures anything. It's the same concept. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tyler, if we'll talk about uh, the defense again. Um, we have new defensive backs, it seems, every week. How impressive is that, that you're seeing guys that we haven't seen all year or maybe even last year 
because with the old coaching staff, and, and some are still there, um, they kind of had their, their loyalty factor. You always saw the same guys play, the same guys getting beat. How nice and refreshing is it that you're seeing new guys, new faces coming in that are competing hard at practice now getting a chance to show it in the field? Yeah, I mean, on the defense, I'd say on both sides of the ball, that's definitely one thing uh, different with this coaching uh, regime, if you will, is that, uh, I mean, you saw Casey struggling a little bit uh, in regard last week, and, and they just pulled him, right? They pulled him. That, that didn't work out the way we wanted it to for those three or four plays. But, uh, yeah, the defensive backs, that was supposed to be maybe our strongest unit going into the season. And uh, we weren't performing, but we felt like we had so much depth there. Like, uh, you know, as fans, mm -hmm. we were like, you know, we could name player after player uh, on the defensive backs, you know, uh, in that group. And uh, we would see three or four play. And if they weren't playing well, nothing would change. Now, all of a sudden, we're seeing new people plugged in. They're picking it up. They're, you know, hungry to stay on the field once they get out there. So, obviously, uh, that, that's something we needed in Nebraska football was no, no loyalties. Whoever's playing well, the hot hand sticks, uh, sticks in the game and, and performs. Did you watch a uh, Kansas TCU game at all, Todd? I did not. Yeah, Todd, did you watch it at all? I did. I watched it kind of on and off a little bit uh, because I, I'm 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 very interested in a lot of different head coaches right mm -hmm. now, right? So, yep. <laughs> so uh, uh, and not to say that Mickey's not doing an awesome job, and I really hope that he goes out there and, and performs and just uh, makes this a, a no brainer for us. But Leipold, obviously. Uh, is somebody that I want to watch the teams play. And uh, I think, you know, Kansas is obviously significantly better than they've been for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. I thought that they were going to get boat raced by TCU. <laughs> they did not, uh, which which is exciting to me. It was a good game. Uh, fun one to watch. I think you are more like uh, a lot like most Nebraskans here. It's, it's Mickey's job to lose. We want Mickey. Okay. Mm -hmm. if, if there's options out there besides Mickey, we heard Lance, we heard Campbell, we heard different names. Mm -hmm. Not one person I don't think that didn't know Lance was saying, yeah, you know, he's my number one choice, you know, mm -hmm. in the first three weeks because who is this guy? Yes, he's one at lower tier levels. Yes, Kansas is doing something special, but let's see him play somebody really uh, formidable. And then you see that game, mm -hmm. and you see what Kansas did, and you see how they're all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, it's going to be hard for a lot of Nebraska fans now to not, not move the needle and say, you know, if I want one guy, who's it going to be? Well, we, we might not have to get our hopes up too much considering Wisconsin's uh, start to the year because I think if it came down to – I mean, he, he grew up right down the road from Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't go to Wisconsin. He went to Whitewater. Wisconsin-Whitewater, I think, is where he coached and played, I think. Yep. Um, but if it came down to the end of the year and Nebraska was really interested in him and Wisconsin was too, uh, I have a feeling that – I don't think it would be a money factor. I think that we probably wouldn't be able to win that fight. Different but, red team would win that. Yeah, a different red team <laughs> might win that fight. But maybe, maybe not. But, yeah, yeah, you know, you obviously it's Mickey's job to lose. But but you have to look at everything, everybody that's out there. And you have to, you know, at the end of the year, you're going to have to make a really big decision mm -hmm. one way or another. You can't just go on, go in with blinders on and not know what your options are uh, with, with other coaches and with other coordinators throughout the country. Um, even if Mickey performs great, we have to – we still have to sit down and make a tough decision at the end of the year. Oh, yeah. And, and Trev's the right guy to do that. For sure. He's, he's doing his due diligence. Uh, Jay Stoll along with Todd Riley, American Senior Benefits Hour. Todd, who is this gentleman talking right here? <laughs> Seems to know some we, stuff. Yeah, we just bring him along for, for football knowledge. Actually, <laughs> actually, the gentleman sitting by us today is uh, Tyler Shockey. He's our regional sales manager for American Senior Benefits Team Nebraska. Tyler, would you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about Team Midwest? Uh, yeah, so 
like Todd said, uh, Tyler Shockey, regional sales manager for American Senior Benefits. Uh, been with the company since 2009, so going on, I think, uh, completing my 13th year here in about a month or something like that, starting 14. Um, and, uh, yeah, been with American Senior Benefits since I was 19 years old. So, you know, it's basically the only thing I've really done uh, as a big boy job, I like to say. Um <laughs> You're a juvenile delinquent before this. Like, now, yeah. Did you come into management right away, or how, how did how did you start? Yeah, no. So uh, when I started with American Senior Benefits, I started like uh, pretty much everybody. I was an insurance agent for for three or four years, helping people in the community, doing my you know the best I could to um, to take care of my clients. And uh, after a few years in that role, um, I started to. I started to kind of move into just running joint appointments with other agents. And I really, uh, it helped motivate me for one at 22, 23 years old. Uh, I was, I was fairly successful at that time for a 22, 23 year old. And, uh, it was hard to force myself to go to work, I guess, if you will. So, so running joint appointments and having other people kind of depend on me was what motivated me. So I did that for, for a few more years. Um, and then got an opportunity to actually move to Evansville, Indiana, um, so right on the border of Kentucky and Indiana, moved there for, for a little over a year uh, to help build and develop a couple of offices out there and then moved back and, and kind of moved into that re regional sales manager role with uh, American Senior Benefits in Omaha, um, where basically I'm just uh, my goal is to try to put the right people in place, uh, find the, the right leaders uh, for our offices and for our region and make sure that they can develop agents and develop talent and uh, and make all of the people that work with American Senior Benefits as successful as possible while helping our community. Good. Tyler, Good. can you give us a couple of highlights of what uh, Team Midwest has accomplished with at American Senior Benefits, how well the office has done over the years? Yeah, so so American Senior Benefits is a national organization, right? So uh, we have, I think, something like 75 or 80 regional sales offices throughout the country, and uh, most of those regional sales offices have at least one uh, satellite location they call the district office. Um, so in the last, I think since 2009, 2010, when I started with American senior benefits, our region, uh, in uh, kind of the Omaha hub has been one, two or three every year. We've never placed outside of the top three, uh, out of those 80 regional sales offices. So, um, and when you really think about that, uh, we have, you know, 70, 80 agents here, uh, yeah. going to work, trying to to sell insurance and compete against places like uh, Los Angeles or Orlando, where the population, where the demographics are just huge. So to be able to perform and stay in that top three uh, in the Midwest, in Nebraska, in a smaller state, uh, it's really impressive what we've done. That's a great point. I've thought of that a bunch of times, but I don't think that's been brought up on the radio uh, show here yet. But we are competing against the the New Yorks and the and the LAs and 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 things like that, and to put that kind of an impact to people it shows how much we are helping them uh you brought up a good point how, how young you were uh can a young guy make it in this career yeah i think i think that uh what i would say is all the old guys constantly tell me that they wish they were young when they started so, uh, <laughs> no doubt about it um you know it, it takes a couple pretty specific skill sets um but i don't think age really where it really plays a, a factor so i mean you have to have strong communication skills and you have to have a work ethic but if you have those two things, if you can communicate and you have a work ethic, uh, it doesn't matter if you're 19 or, or, or uh, we do have an uh, agent, I think, 84. Um, wow. It doesn't make any difference to us. Uh, you, you can be successful. 
You know, it is funny that you said that because I've done this a while too. And, and the people that are in their 40s, oh, I wish I started my 20s. People mm-hmm. in their 20s sometimes will go, man, would it be easier if I was in my 40s? Mm-hmm. And, and yet we got from 84, we've got a guy out in Sydney that's 69, mm-hmm. uh, and people that are right out of college. So, yeah, it can be about, about anybody. You were what age when you started, Jay? I was, oh, I, I, was like, I was, let's see, I was in high school, went to the Air Force. After the Air Force, I got out, I was 22 when I started. How old were you? I was one of those ones that said, I wish I started younger. <laughs> I was 39 when I started. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, I definitely wish I would have started younger, uh, knowing what I know. Um, now, getting into this, uh, Tyler, it, it, how, is, how is the recession proof? How is, 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 is being able to maintain the job? Are, are you currently hiring at this time? Well, tell us a little more about that. Yeah, so, so that's one of the – the most phenomenal things about this career is that it is genuinely recession proof. Um, you know, so our job is to, to meet with people and to help them solve fears basically. Right. So, uh, for instance, uh, health insurance and the fear of having to have unpaid medical bills or the fear of somebody passing away and leaving a burden to their family. Uh, we, we solve that now it's not the sexiest solutions in the world. When you say that fear and then you say we solve it through life insurance, people are like, okay. Uh, but, but that is the answer to the problem. Um, and when recessions come along, that just elevates the fear in the community, which makes it more and more uh, responsibility for us to get out there and to make sure that we can solve as many fears as problem or as possible. Um, a big one right now is the fear of running out of money. When the stock market takes a huge dip and and you know we're down 25, 30% in the in the S and P and the Dow, uh, I think 20 for the Dow uh, for the year. Um, there, there's just a huge fear of, of the retirement uh, population who saved this money, got to retirement, and was really depending on this money to get them through. And uh, when you take a big 20, 25% loss, there's a huge fear of running out of money before you pass away. It's one of the top five biggest fears in the community. And it's a fear that we can solve, you know, so we have to meet with people and we have to, we have to be um, twice as active when these times come because the community needs us. Now, how many companies are like us, would you say? I mean, you talk about, we, we do insurance, uh, we help out uh, with their, their nest egg and their, 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 their livelihood. How many companies do what we do? What, what all do we do? Well, I would say none, right? I, I like to say American Senior Benefits is really unique in this space. Um, so we help out with kind of four or five major fears, and there's there's quite a few companies maybe that can do that. Uh, I'll explain why we're unique here in a second. But, you know, obviously the number one fear that we help with, kind of our bread and butter, is uh, medical bills and making sure that you have the right plan in place so that, God forbid, an event comes, uh, you, don't, you don't have a huge medical bill. Um, we help out with uh, leaving a legacy to the family or, or taking care of, of, you know, the final expenses through life insurance. Uh, a big one, a big fear in the community is post-hospital care. So, so God forbid, somebody go into the hospital, they leave, they're not ready to go back home yet. Uh, they have to go into a nursing home, a skilled nursing facility. Yeah. We help make sure the plan's in place there so that that doesn't cost you your whole nest egg. Um, and, and we help out, you know, with, uh, yeah, with the nest egg itself, with making sure that you don't outlive your money. Now, there are uh, some, some companies in the area that do do that, but, but we work in a little bit differently in the, the fact that we are what's kind of called a brokerage. So as opposed to working for one company, let's just call it company B, let's skip right over company A, uh, as opposed to working for one company and, uh, and being able to help in those areas, but only with one carrier product. So, you know, this is the only health insurance that I can offer you. This is the only life insurance that I can offer you. You might be able to save those or solve those problems for the community, but uh, I would say usually not in the most effective way. 
right? We represent well over 100 companies, 175 companies, I think, at this point. So it doesn't matter uh, what your health is or, or what personal situation that you're in. We can find the right company for you. So we can solve your problem, yes, and we can make sure to solve it the most effective way possible. And I think that that is what makes us unique is that we, uh, we're not a one-stop, sh- we're, not, we're not a one-trick pony. We're really a one-stop shop for all this stuff. The Swiss Army Knife, right? Swiss Army knife. Like a Swiss right. Army knife. R two D two. Now, for somebody new coming in here, uh, if, they're, if they're interested in, in joining our team, what what are they given to begin with? What kind of um, technology? What kind? I mean, do you do you want them to call a hundred people? Do you want them? How do you want it to work? Do you want them to have a list of, of of family and friends that they want to start bombarding? What's what's your philosophy <laughs> on that? Yeah, the biggest fear in the market, the, the give me the 300 families and friends list when you get recruited. Right. Uh, no, so so we don't approach it that way. Um, when when somebody starts, we really just want uh, really one two things for them. Well, one, we've already determined they have communication skills. The other thing was we want a work ethic. If you have those two things, um, we'll give you the rest of the, the tools that you need to be successful. So I always say there's really only three reasons that people fail in this industry, right? They can either fail A – because they don't have anybody to go see. Well, we solve that for, through a variety of ways. We have the community sending in mailers constantly asking us to come out and help them. Uh, we have people that we know what they have through past agents and, and through some different data capture things that we've done where we know when they're getting rate increases. So we can we can make sure that we can get out to the right piece of the community. And we're doing some seminars and, and we're getting a lot of referrals. So we'll make sure to get you in front of the people. That's one reason you could fail. Another reason you could fail is training. They're not going to fail in training here at American Senior Benefits. You know, for six to eight weeks, you're going to have a field trainer working with you. That's going to be your shadow, right? That's really going to mentor you in this career. So they're going to be out there running every single day with you, showing you how to be successful in this business, which is why we don't have to have licensed agents. We recruit so many people from the retail space, right, or from the uh, heck, from the fast food space. We're just looking for people with good communication skills that have a work ethic, and that work ethic is the third reason that you can fail. You might have all the people to see, right? You might have the best training in the world, but when you go out on your own, if you don't have a work ethic, you're still not going to be successful in this business. That's the one thing that we can't give you. It's the one thing you have to bring to the table. Wow. That's a lot. That's great. Um, now, uh, Tyler Shockey here, folks, joining us with Todd Riley, J. Stolt, American Senior Benefits Hour. <clears throat> you're on 93.7 The Ticket. Uh, if you want to call in, the Honda of Lincoln text uh, hotline is 402-464-5685. Todd, if they need to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Easiest way, if it, this career sounds like something that you would like, you can always find us on Facebook at American Senior Benefits Lincoln. You can give us a call direct at uh, ask for Joyce Ann, the recruiter, at 402-413-9846. For products, 402-614-9292. And when we come back, we're going to get more into AEP. It's coming up this week. What is it about? We'll tell you when we come back.